Hello and welcome to the Raw podcast. We're back for another preview podcast and we're going to be looking ahead to Sunderland's championship match against Swansea at the Swansea.com stadium on Saturday. So to preview the game, joining myself, Joe Nicholson, we are joined by Luke Davies from the Swans cast podcast. Luke, quite a lot of change at Swansea over the summer. Russell Martin left the club and Michael Duff was brought in and results wise, it looks like it's been quite streaky. They went on a seven-game winless run at the start of the season in the league, then won four in a row, two more defeats, and then a 1-0 win at Blackburn last time out. So what is the mood like at Swansea coming into this game against Sunderland on Saturday? Yeah, the mood's a lot better than uh, that period you mentioned, the seven games without the win. Obviously, going into the new season with a new manager, we weren't necessarily expecting uh, to hit the ground running, but it kind of got worse before it got better, if you like. Uh, there was four back-to-back defeats, which includes a cup match against Bournemouth, uh, which ended in defeats to Bristol City and Cardiff City. And it wasn't just the fact that we lost the game. Those two are our biggest rivals, especially Cardiff, and both performances were very lacklustre. Um, we couldn't see any direction, no game plan. It wasn't really working, didn't know what the manager was trying to do, and the fans were kind of not on board and it was quite early on in his uh, Swansea career to be saying that however he turned a corner got a draw against QPR directly after the Cardiff result followed by four back-to-back wins which really has got our season going come with that as a change of formation which seems to be working a bit better unfortunately issues around the recruitment in the summer where we didn't really plan for this formation might be leaving us short in some areas but ultimately there's a game plan now we can see the direction we're trying to go in and what Michael Duff's trying to do and the place is feeling a lot better than it was maybe a month or a month and a half ago. Mm -hmm. You talked about the view on Michael Duff there and during that winless run there seemed to be a bit of tension about kind of his style of play it was mentioned in his his press conferences so what is the view on him now among the, the Swansea fan base? Um, so I mentioned the fact that we couldn't see the direction or game plan in, in that losing run and it seemed to a lot of the fans that maybe we were going into more of a route one direct uh, t- style of play which we like to pride ourselves on something we call the Swansea way. I don't know if anyone would have heard of that before. It was much talked about when we rose through the leagues to the Premier League doing it the right way and as much as it's not that anymore passing football, attractive, attacking, that sort of style is what the Swansea fans expect and want to see at the club. And they were concerned that Michael Duff coming in, we were going away from that. We went away from it slightly under Steve Cooper and as much as he was successful, um, some of the fan base didn't enjoy the football. Russell Martin brought that back to an extreme, if you like, with the, the possession stats as to back that up for example if you look at Southampton this year you'll see exactly what that is um, but Michael Duff for me it's a progress in a good way but it didn't look like it for a good amount of time so he's he's brought a bit of directness a bit of a press um, we are still passing the ball and keeping the ball not as much as we would have under Russell Martin but we just weren't really doing that earlier in the season and it was a concern that maybe we were going away from that style of play mm. Talk about the style of play there and what it was like under Russell Martin when Sunderland went there last season. We saw Swansea dominate possession. I think they often played with a a back three. But how much has that changed and how will they approach the game on Saturday under Duff? So Duff's preference was to remain with a back three, but it didn't work Mm. early in the season. And he's had more success since he's tweaked it to a back four. So I would expect us to continue with that going into this game. Um, As I said... There is still a focus on keeping the ball, looking after the ball. 
we still want to do that and play nice football, you know, good attacking football. It's just not as patient, maybe, as it was under Russell Martin. So Russell Martin's ethos would be just protect the ball, keep the ball moving, just keep the ball and work the other team around and eventually your opportunities will come and you'll you'll work into those opportunities as long as it takes, you know, that that's the philosophy. Michael Duff is asking similarly to do similar things, but he wants a little bit more of a cutting edge. He wants a bit more of a directness. He wants a player like Matt Grimes, not to just keep us ticking and rotating the ball around the pitch, but to turn and see if there's an opportunity for a direct pass up the lines and through the lines to get the players on the front foot into the attacking areas. So we will still pass the ball around and keep it, but we'll try and turn it a bit quicker into an attacking situation, into a dangerous situation for us. That's our that's that's the style of play when we have the ball. When we don't have the ball, there's also been brought in much of a high press, uh, especially at our home games, where the front four players who will play in a like four, two, three, one situation, so the front four will press the other team. Not all the time. It's quite an organized press, so they will be clever in how they will allow you to have the ball around the back and when they see an opportunity for a couple of our players to maybe corner you into a situation where it's a tricky out ball, they will go for it in a pack then and try and win the ball back. And we've had some success with it. It's quite high intensity, so they can't do it for 90 minutes. But quite often they've won the ball in dangerous situations and either scored a goal or made a chance from winning it in those areas, which is quite funny and ironic because that was probably one of our biggest weaknesses under Russell Martin last year for goals conceded. So nice to see us doing it on the other foot, if you like. Mm. Well, as well as the manager over the summer, Swansea also lost their top goal scorer in Joel Pirro. So who are now the key players in this Swansea side that Sunderland will have to watch out for? Yeah, Joel Pirro was obviously a big loss. Two back-to-back 20-goal mm. seasons, uh, very difficult to replace. And I don't think realistically you can go and replace that sort of player after now. So Jerry Yates has been brought in as a striker. Um, did play alongside Pirro at the start of the season. So not the direct replacement that I think some fans would have liked. He's a different player. He's more of a poacher in a forward where he can put himself in the right place at the right time and finish off the scrappy little goals, but he's always there to put it in the net. He doesn't score the headline goals, if you like, from outside the box, so really good finishes. So haven't, we haven't seen that yet from him anyway, but he's a very hard worker, so he buys into the press very well. He doesn't stop running and he works very hard for the team, so he could be a bit of a nuisance forward. In terms of who is really making a big impact, though, since coming in in the summer, I would mention two players specifically, and that is Charlie Patino coming in from Arsenal on loan. Obviously, he was at Blackpool last year, so he did spend some time in the Championship, and he's making a really good partnership with Matt Grimes in the middle, and I think he's showing the quality that he's going to have a really good career ahead of him. I think there's news this week that AC Milan are actually looking at making a move which is not what we want to be hearing going into the January transfer window if, if there's a recall option and then Josh Key coming up from League One um, from Exeter he's the right back or right wing back but he's been a bit of raw talent that we got a bit of compensation fee for his contract running out because of his age or whatever uh, involved with that so not a big fee one of those players that's just going to keep getting better when, when he plays more in a championship. He's already hit the ground running and I can see the only way has been up. We were told maybe he would be a bit of a work in progress and take a season or two to, to fit in, but he's already flying and it's quite exciting to see how far it can go, although 
if we're staying in the championship, I'd imagine his journey continues maybe elsewhere if he continues at the rate that he's going. But quite an exciting player, attacking right back, if you like. So not sure if he's going to play, though. He's been injured, so you might have Harrison Ashby, and I know he's got uh, Newcastle connections. So, um, yeah, a little bit of spice down there if he plays. Mm -hmm. What is the latest with team news and injuries? Are there any key players that are going to be absent for Swansea for this game? Yeah, so one of the other summer signings in Josh Janelli's uh, had a season-ending injury, uh, mm -hmm. unfortunately, so we haven't really seen too much of him. And he looked like a player who also could have had a big impact, especially when we changed to a winger system. So it's a really big shame to see that he's not going to be able to feature until next season. Um, going into the game, Joe Allen, he's going to be injured. He's probably back in about a month or two. He's Again, he's, he's got a bit of a history of injuries with him and we haven't seen the best of him for a while now. And we're also going to be without Nathan Wood, who was linked to a summer move to Southampton. They rejected that and got himself injured a week or two after a 10 million fee was rejected. So he's been out for a few months too and he's still not due back. I mentioned Josh Key already. I haven't seen any news on whether he'll be available for this one. Uh, but we have we have had a little bit of an issue with injuries. So Ben Cabango's been out, but I believe he's going to be available. I wouldn't have thought he's going to start, though, because Harry Darling and Bashir Humphreys on loan from Chelsea have been doing really well in the centre of defence. Um, other than that, there's not really any key positions that we're missing. We're just a bit short up top in general because I've mentioned the formation change. We didn't plan for this. So out wide in the wing areas, there's not that many options. Um, and there was another forward that we do usually have on the bench, Mikola Kuarevich, um, Ukrainian forward, who he did actually pick up a knock, but I'd expect he's back for this game as well. Mm -hmm. You talked about the formation change, so you think it'll be a 4-2-3-1 that they'll line up with on Saturday? Yeah, it's been pretty consistent uh, mm -hmm. since we lost to Cardiff. There's There's been times within matches it's changed back to a back five with substitutions and injuries, depending on what's happening on the pitch. But ultimately, I, I feel we've played our best football with a 4-2-3-1. Uh, it definitely suits the forward players better um, to do the press. They seem to know where they're meant to be and their positioning and working with each other a lot better in this formation under Michael Duff. Um, but it's just later in the game when we do maybe need to make some subs and we haven't got the personnel to necessarily go like for like as much as what would be wanted sometimes you might see some tweaks towards the end of the match when people start tiring as well um, but I would imagine we will start with a 4 2 3 one I'm pretty confident to say that yeah mm -hmm. and just on the game on Saturday have you seen much of Sunderland this season how do you think the two sides will match up I've not seen an awful lot myself of Sunderland but just following the results um, it's always impressive when a, a team finishing in the playoffs can kind of back it up I know you're slightly outside mm. now but you you were or you were only eighth and you were only just on the cusp of it after maybe three losses in your last five. So I think there's definitely potential for another strong finish for Sunderland and it's going to be a tricky game. I know Swansea won both games last year, but I wouldn't have said they were necessarily straightforward or easy. And it's a different style of play now that's going to be attacking yourself. So not sure how it's going to match up. I'd like to think if you come at us, it will help us a little bit with spaces in behind. We struggled at home against Watford in our previous home game where they sat sat back and we couldn't break them down. And then they came at us in the second half and kind of caught us off guard. Um, so, yeah, it'll be an interesting one. I do think you're a strong team. There's some quality players there. Jack Clark is someone that I'm a bit worried about. We don't really have the most amount of pace in the squad. So if anyone can get in behind regularly, I feel like you can get the better of maybe the wing-backs in the wing areas. 
could get us on the back foot a little bit then and maybe stop them pushing up, which could affect us going forward as well. Mm -hmm. Jack Clark did, of course, score in the game against Swansea last season. Swansea won the game 2-1, but Clark got a late consolation goal. Just looking at the championship table, Sunderland go into this game 8th with 22 points. Swansea, 4 points behind them on 18 in 13th. And there seems to be quite a cluster of teams that will have aspirations of getting into the playoffs. So what would you say the aim is at Swansea this season? It's always difficult. I think it, I would love to get into the playoffs, but I think it's, it's too much pressure to say as a new manager's come in. That's the aim this season. I feel like that's a bonus. It is, it is the ultimate aim, and he knows that, and he spoke of it already. But I think a top-half finish would be a successful season on the back of the managerial change and going into a new style and formation and all the rest of it. But I, I don't think there's any reason we can't get there if we get a good run together. This is so tight in the championship at the moment. It just lends itself to the team getting a good run of form at the correct time. You know, we nearly got there last season by having seven wins in our last nine games, missing out by three points after going on a torrid run. So it just shows how quick things can change. Um, yeah, I feel like it's one of the closest seasons that I have seen. So there's going to be opportunity for a lot of teams to get into there. And it's difficult to say, I feel like that should be the be-all and end-all. But ultimately, I think that is the aim, whether it takes one or two or maybe three seasons to build the squad ready to maintain that push. Um, that's what I think top half will be a good season for us. Mm -hmm. Well, Luke, we usually just finish by just asking our guests for a quick score prediction. And how do you think the game is going to play out on Saturday? So I think Michael Duff needs to get a home win after the result against Watford. We lost to Leicester in the previous game at home as well. Mm. But I don't really count that game as Leicester running away with the league. So I think it's silly to really have, have that, that much impact on what you're doing. But the Watford game was poor. It was a poor display. And I think the fans need to see that we are on the right track, that we are. it is working what he's trying to do. So I think he needs to be aiming to win this game. Now, that's easier said than done. I understand Sunderland are in a good position in the league and they're a tough team. But I guess if, if we're going to show the aspirations of what we want to do, we need to, to him to win it. So I'm going to say 2-1 win for Swansea. I'm confident in what he is doing. And as I mentioned earlier, I believe you'll see, especially in the first half and the first half hour of the first half, a lot of high press when you have the ball in your own half. We will try and get an early goal by making you make mistakes maybe in your own area. It's, it's worked quite a few times for us. We managed to do it against Leicester, we just couldn't capitalise. Um, and then we kind of try and hold on from there. Not, not hold on, but build on that for the rest of the game. We'll take a little bit more. If we can go 1-0 up, we can take control of the ball and keep it a little bit more. But try and hit you guys then on the counter, I think, as well. Which sounds weird when we, we try and focus on possession, but also opportunities out of a counter-attack but again that early goal is important then for the other team having to come at us and that will allow us to kind of implement the new direct strategy that Michael Duff likes to employ so for example if you have a corner and it breaks to us we look rather than trying to keep the ball safe which is what we've done in the past it would be direct right who is up there who can I get the ball to as fast as possible to make an opportunity before the other team can get back into shape and that's that's then when we can get a few goals. But we need the early goal to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting to hear how Swansea's style has changed this season compared to last season. I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. Sunderland obviously lost there last season, but it's two sides coming into this game off the back of a win. Swansea winning at Blackburn last time out. Sunderland got back to winning ways with 
a 3-1 win over Norwich. So I'll go for a 1-1 draw, but we'll see how the game plays out on Saturday. Luke, thanks a lot for joining us on the no latest episodes of the Raw podcast. If you like what we do here at the Raw podcast, please consider subscribing on our YouTube channel or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And for all the latest SAFC news, you can head over to the SAFC section of the Sunderland Echo website. You can find the thoughts of head coach Tony Mowbray, and we'll have more build-up to Saturday's match. And you can also find post-match reaction and analysis after the game on Saturday from the Swansea.com stadium. So once again, thanks a lot for listening to the Raw podcast. <laughs>